You're listening to Thrive, your agency resource, the only podcast of its kind for creative, media, and technology leaders who are ready to dive deeper into consciousness, leadership, and agency growth. I'm your host, Kelly Campbell. This year, Thrive is brought to you by E2M Solutions, a trusted white label partner to hundreds of digital agencies across the globe. Visit e2msolutions.com forward slash thrive today. Welcome back to Thrive. Listen, knowing what makes a potential new client a poor fit and saying no is actually key to scaling your agency responsibly. Today, I'm joined by Corey Quinn, who helps B2B founders and CEOs create better results by doing less. We would all love more of that. Corey, (laughs) thank you so much for joining me on the show today. I really appreciate it. I'm so excited to be here, Kelly. So what you say is if growth is your goal, then you have Mm. to get really, really dialed in, really good at figuring out what the one problem is that you're great at solving. Correct. Let's start there. Sure, absolutely. I think what I've seen over my years is that in the agency life, you get started through saying yes to a lot of clients. My perspective is that's absolutely the right thing to do. You need to start a business, you want to grow. And over time, saying yes fills your business, right? However, what happens more often than not is that you end up with a book of business that becomes difficult to grow. Acquiring new customers becomes too expensive, whether that's because you're having a hard time differentiating yourself or PPC ads are too expensive, or maybe you're using third-party providers that are doing sort of lead gen for you that's not really working. You also tend to lose customers at a rate that is not, that's not sustainable, right? And your innovation as, a, as an agency begins to wane. And so that really puts a cap on your ability to grow to the next level. And so when you've reached that point where you're sort of feeling these three areas of pain, you may be saying yes too often. And that's the time to really take a step back and look at your book of business and figure out, you know, what am I really good at? Let's look at the current evidence to look at the current book of business. Let's, let's take a look within, if you will, and see which clients really resonate with the work that we do the things that we like doing, what are those things? And you know, really, is, what is our sweet spot? And knowing that through that introspection, if you will, that evidence that you have in your book of business will allow you to begin the process of specializing. Yeah. Well, introspection is a very welcome word around here. Awesome. Uh, one of the things though, that I heard you say when you're talking about you know winding up with this, this book of business that you don't really want, I mm. feel like a lot of times when I'm brought in as either conscious leadership coach or agency growth consultant. Some of the things that we're looking at are all of the clients that have been there and we call them legacy clients, right? I absolutely had this same situation when I had my agency. And it's like these clients that have been around for over a decade, they are definitely like the lowest retainers because we haven't raised their rates in so long. They're the ones who are asking us to do things that we don't really love doing that are not in our wheelhouse like you're talking about. So it makes our job as coaches and consultants more difficult if you hang on to those clients and not all money is good money, right? Correct. Yeah. I mean, I think that it's a unique problem in that those legacy clients that are still with you because you have a relationship with them. There's some level of trust, a lot of shared history. And so, yeah, it's 
it's hard to be able to say goodbye to them in a sort of a black and white situation, right? You kind of have to look at that on a case-by-case basis. And in some cases, unfortunately, you're going to have to say goodbye. In other cases, you could find a way to make it work. Yeah, I think so too. And I think, you know, if the trust and the relationship is really there over a long period of time, they are going to understand. I think what helped us in that particular situation was mm. a really good home for them to go to. Yes. Transfer that ownership. And then- yeah getting a piece of that for a year, two years, three years, whatever the case may be. So it's not all bad and you can maintain those relationships and you don't have to lose them. But that's not what we're here to talk about. (laughs) Today, we're talking about why saying no is a great business development strategy. And I love this conversation so much because I'm a big fan of positioning and business development and how all of this makes BizDev so much easier. So focusing is your word. To Mm. me, that kind of translates into a couple of things. Awareness, what I would call authentic positioning, and saying no to everything outside of what you are uniquely excellent at, is how you put it. How does that sort of triumvirate create more value? Wonderful question, Kelly. So I'll give you an example of my last full-time role. I was an executive at a company called Scorpion. It's a an agency that serves small to medium-sized businesses. I came in as the chief marketing officer back in 2015, and the company was doing $20 million in annual recurring revenue. A success by, uh, by any means uh, at that point, but the CEO was really eager to grow the business. And so I left in 2000, at the end of 2001, and the company had grown to to 150 million. So a tremendous amount of growth. We 5X the business. And what we learned over that time was in order for us to get to that level of growth. Now, I'll I'll say that not every agency owner is is hungry to grow to that level, and that's okay. There's no judgment here. But if you do want to grow, what we found, what worked really well for us is by focusing in on initially attorneys, it was our first market, we built, and this is probably a bad uh, metaphor, but I'll use it. It's called, we, we call it the conveyor belt. We would close a client and there was a series of steps that was repeatable for every single client that we would take them through. They would get our website and that website would have to be designed. We'd have to write the copy. We would have to write, uh, do, develop PPC campaigns and all the sort of the steps. And what really worked for us is because we had a very similar client coming through the conveyor belt we were able to systematize the process a lot and create actually custom software that helped us to build up the volume of new clients that we had and maintain the quality at the same time. So a challenge in agency life is that because it's typically very human-driven, it's a service business at the end of the day, as you bring on more clients, you have to hire more people, which introduces more variability into your business. And so through specializing, we were able to sort of operationalize the business in ways that go beyond just traditional SaaS or platforms that help you to do, let's say, social media distribution. We were able to look at it from a vertical perspective and figure out how do we service this vertical, provide them with tremendous value and operationalize or systematize as much of the low value tasks as possible. Yeah. Quick question on that, because you're talking about attorneys, right? So very, very specific vertical. Um, if that was your specialization, did you also grant exclusivity in terms of the location of each of them? Great question. So in certain situations, we would. We were focused on the United States. And so every geography has attorneys and they compete against each other. 
right? Is the is the context here. And so in some situations, we would have that conversation. It would come up organically, or I didn't want to have that conversation. And it was a case-by-case situation. As an agency, dealing with that and looking at that, we wanted to do two things. We wanted to provide as much value to our personal injury attorney in a specific market, as much value to them as possible, at the same time, maximize the revenue opportunity for Scorpion. And so it was always a trade-off. And we ended up closing a couple markets, but that was not the norm. That was more of the exception. Okay. So basically, if I'm reading between the lines, some of them paid more of a premium in order to Mm -hmm. get that exclusivity, which makes sense. Correct. Correct. Yeah. I have no problem with that. And we dealt with the same thing. Not that we service attorneys. That's not an area that I was interested in serving. So I'm glad you did that. But yeah, there definitely were a couple of clients who could have seen each other as competition in a particular location. And we did, we had, we had to exactly do the same thing that you're talking about. So have that conversation about the exclusivity, especially when you're positioned that nichely, if that's a word. Hey, let's take a quick break. Did you know that there's a better way to scale your agency? Whether it's web design, development, e-commerce, content, SEO, or even hosting, E2M is the reliable white label partner you wish you knew about years ago. Personally, I'm proud to partner with E2M because of our alignment in values and ethics. Head over to e2msolutions.com forward slash thrive to learn more. Now, let's get back to the show. So let's take a step back for a second. So in my work with agency leaders, I've heard what go just going back to the positioning conversation. I've heard, I can't even tell you how many times <laughs> we were really, really well positioned, right? Mm-hmm. We had fantastic positioning. Everyone knew us as the experts in X, but then the pandemic hit or now the recession is coming and our really good clients who have been with us for a long time, they pay well, they're great to work with. They are asking for things outside of our wheelhouse, outside of the norm of what our scopes look like. And we have to say yes. How do you address a question or a conundrum like that? So to clarify, let me make sure I'm, I'm going to answer the correct question. So it's that the same market that you're serving, that you're the experts in, they're asking for additional scope that you was outside of your wheelhouse. So yeah, like if we're great at building websites, for example, and now yeah. asking us for email marketing, we never, we don't do email marketing, but now we've got to quickly find somebody, find a specialist, kind of bolt that on or tack that yeah. on yeah. because these great clients, two or three of them are asking for that. As the leader, I might see that as an opportunity for revenue and to keep the client happy and to reduce my attrition rate mm-hmm. from the client standpoint. But what you're saying is it kind of falls outside of what we are uniquely excellent at. So Correct. how do we balance it? Well, I think any good entrepreneur would find a way to explore that domain. Meaning, I'll, I'll go back to Scorpion. So the conveyor belt. So we have these attorneys coming through and we would have a very specific set of services. We would sell them. Anything we would do outside that conveyor belt had a major tax on the business, whether it was selling something that wasn't part of the, the traditional program or maybe saying yes to a client that was not an attorney in this case. It would just create such a tax that was very visible in the company. So everyone knew like the conveyor belt is clogged up here and we're not able to hit our sort of volume quotas. And so that was a real problem. There was some visibility there. However, 
what we would have is this sort of side conveyor belt that we would put people on that would be more of a of an experimentation. The challenge with doing that, of course, it is disruptive, is you really this is this is the approach that we took. We would create separate resources that were not on the main conveyor belt right. to help with that. So it was more of a bespoke so that they don't have to split their time. Correct. So there would be specific resources that would be would be focusing on fixing or creating value in that new way as an experiment. And if it turns out that it was working, then we would invest more there. If it was not working, then it would just go away. Okay. That makes sense. It's interesting when you talk about this as a conveyor belt, to use your words, there are probably, I would imagine, a percentage of agency leaders who are listening to this and saying, well, that's not really the way that my agency works, right? We don't think about our clients in that way. We don't, maybe we're not specialized um, to that degree, right? The way that we provide services or the services that we do provide, they're not so cookie cutter, for lack of a better term. Correct. Yeah. We're more customized. Mm -hmm. Are you saying that because of that level of customization, that growth to the scale of Scorpion wouldn't be possible? Well, what I'll say is that the primary audience for Scorpion was SMBs who have smaller budgets and who require a lot of, I would say, a conveyor belt approach, right? The economics wouldn't support a fully bespoke branding strategy for a personal injury attorney. That wasn't what we were selling. We were built more for website, SEO, and sort of the traditional local marketing. Essentially, right? They're effectively buying leads. And honestly, that's what they cared about at the end of the day, right? You're familiar with that. So that said, we also had a enterprise level part to our business. We were selling into franchisors, which... If you're familiar, those are much more like a what you'd see in an enterprise level sale. You have RFPs, you're dealing with a CMO and, and a much more of a, of a hands-on bespoke. That was very different than what we were used to, but we broke into that business by creating a separate side conveyor belt type of thing. We brought in new resources who were able to manage that. I would say that regardless of your specific client and the level of customization in your business, the things that tend to trip businesses up, in my experience, is having too much variability in running your business. So one way to get more scale, one way to grow is to reduce the variability where possible. That doesn't mean everything has to be completely cookie cutter, because that may not work for the market that you're serving. But there may be operationalizing your service levels or the products you create. And I think a lot of this isn't rocket science, but that variability will create more, I'd say, overhead and cost. So as a business owner, how do you lower the amount of the overhead and the variability in your business so that you can grow bigger? Okay. So let's go back to saying no, right? Right. This is something that is so hard, especially in, you know, again, this sort of like looming economic downturn. A lot of agency leaders who are responsible, whether they have biz dev people or not, they are ultimately responsible for the agency revenue. Mm. So there's this feeling or this idea that I've heard many times where non-ideal client comes to the table and says, okay, I've got 50,000, 100,000, whatever the budget is. This is what I'm looking for. Will you take us on as a client? Not that the conversation goes exactly. (laughs) (laughs) If only. (laughs) Uh, In utopia. So anyhow, you know, I think if it falls outside of what you're excellent at and it falls outside of your vertical or service positioning and you decide to take that on, 
we know the ramifications of that. So talk a little bit more about this idea of saying no as a business development strategy. So saying no means you're being more specific about who you're saying yes to. And once you're identified, go through that process of specializing and understanding who you're uniquely excellent at serving, let's say, the next step in that process is really creating a go-to-market plan for your agency to go get more of them. And I think regardless of the economic cycles, that is an important strategy for your business to be committed to. You need If you're targeting plumbers, regardless of what's happening in the economy, you're going to be targeting plumbers. However, in the side door, if, if a business opportunity comes in that is not a plumber, maybe it's an adjacent business, maybe it's unrelated. I think what you have to do in an economic downturn, which you know we may or may not be in, is as a business owner, as a as the founder of the agency, it really requires some a judgment call because the way I think about it is that you have a long-term commitment, let's say, to plumbers, as an example. Well, I'm not getting in the current situation. I have this opportunity to make a lot of revenue. It's not plumbers. It's going to be disruptive, make create some chaos and a lot of extra work in the short term. And that's okay from my perspective. That's okay if you end up saying yes to that in that situation because based on where you're at, right? It's not that it's a black and white kind of very strict yes or no. If you if you don't fit in this specific box, you can't say yes. I think you have to use your judgment right. and weigh the, the pros and cons between the short-term sort of revenue and long-term costs. So I hear it's a judgment call. It's a case-by-case mm. case basis. Yeah. It's not conditional logic. If they're not a plumber, we say, right? right? (laughs) So I get that. I also wonder about saying no to the clients that present red flags during the sales process, during the business development process, right? So I think about red flags or yellow flags and Mm. tallying those up as I'm going through, let's say a discovery call and then maybe presenting a proposal. Like I'm gathering a lot of information about this client Maybe I'm doing you know, some due diligence even before that discovery call. I want to understand more about who these people are that I'm going to be working with. And if yeah. they present multiple red flags, that might be one of the reasons why I filter them out as a prospect. And so you know, saying no to me is, in terms of business development strategy, it mm-hmm. is boundary setting. It's having really strong, healthy boundaries, which means that you've got to be really solid within yourself. And, you know, knowing the value of your agency. And also I'm going to say this, even protecting your team, because that's also your job as the leaders to protect that team, not think about, oh, revenue, shiny object over here. Let's bring that in, cause that chaos and that turbulence, drive everybody crazy. You know, the revenue might look good, but I'm telling you every single time that I have gone against that inner knowing, that gut instinct and took on a client that I knew was not the right fit or it had a couple of red flags, mm-hmm. I regretted it 100% of the time. Well, I'm, I'm in that boat. If a prospect is a jerk during the sales process, they're definitely going to be a jerk as a client. Sure. sure. <laughs> right. But sometimes it, it's a little <laughs> bit subtle. Right. No, I'm, I'm agreeing with you 100%. It yeah. is. We dealt with local businesses, which would have Yelp profiles. And for sure, if they had like a one-star rating because people did not like working with them as their customers, you know, we we saw that. And so that is 100% correct in that the price you're paying for that revenue may just not be worth the, the chaos and the headache, really. Yeah, for sure. Well, Corey, as we wrap up here, this has been a great conversation. Any final words of wisdom? 
Thank you, Kelly. I would say that on your journey as a agency owner and your growth, I'm really encourage you to every once in a while, whether it's quarterly basis, semi-annual or annual basis, to stop and look at your business and really try and be curious about what are the things you're uniquely excellent at? Because those things are what you can build a business around. And you can build a really healthy, profitable business that you and your employees like working in. But it's not going to find you. You have to go find it. That's something that I think is important for every business owner to do. That's great. Thank you so much again. Sure. My pleasure. Thank you. And thank you for joining us. If you liked this episode, please rate the show or subscribe wherever you watch or listen. And a big thank you to the official sponsor of Thrive for this year, E2M Solutions, your white label agency partner. Learn more about their approach, services, and subscription plans at e2msolutions.com forward slash thrive.